This podcast was prepared by Ashley and Martell in their personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. This year, in this election, we are called to reaffirm our values and our commitments, to hold them against a hard reality and see how we're measuring up to the legacy of our forebears and the promise of future generations. And fellow Americans, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, I say to you tonight, we have more work to do. More work to do for the workers I met in Galesburg, Illinois, who are losing their union jobs at the Maytag plant that's moving to Mexico. All right. Welcome. Welcome to episode one of the Black Political Millennials. Yes. Yes. So um, I am Ashley. I'm Martel. And we are bringing you all the first episode. We're going to call this our 2019 general election season. Uh, Just a little bit about us. Myself, Ashley Comins. I am a current resident in Wilkinsburg, school board director uh, for the Wilkinsburg School District, which in about a few weeks, it will then be a former school board director title because my term will be coming to an end. Uh, and uh, a lot to say about about that, but that's for a later part <laughs> of our show. And, um, you know, my nine to five, I work in the out-of-school time. So I'm a contractor with A-Post Allegheny Partners for out-of-school. That's what's up. My name is Martel Covington. Um, I'll also be going by Pierre Defecto on this podcast. Um, born and raised in the Homewood area, uh, current resident of like Lincoln Lemington area, Lincoln Lemington, Lemington more specifically, if you're familiar with the East Side. Um, I work for a, I'm a legislative aide right now for a uh, for a senator. Uh, I do a lot of community work, coach football, coach softball, do some mentoring. Um, on a couple boards. A little bit of everything. I also do some uh, youth advocacy uh, work as well. Um, so I'm glad to be here in this podcast space. Yeah. Fitting to make it happen. Yes, yes. This is our, like I said, our first episode. And Marty and I decided to link up uh, with our own personal experiences and our personal uh, opinions and thoughts on where our local politics are going. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, why not make it happen? And we also got a shout out to uh my husband and i guess the spark to this uh flame that we're lighting right now dante he's the host of uh straight to the league podcast so shout them out yeah so thank you babe for pushing us to get this going uh so we want to just get started with some current events and let marty go over a few things about what's going on in our national uh politics so this podcast will be focusing a lot on politics, black politics. Uh, so I think it's important that we open up this entire podcast season and series, um, giving some shout outs uh, to two great congressmen that we lost over the past, uh, I say like two weeks. Um, first, yes, first we lost a great um, representative Elijah Cummings of the seventh uh, congressional district in Maryland, um, who was a legend extremely well-known, um, one of the outspoken opponents of our current president. Yes. Um, and he's uh, done a lot of great things for for the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland. Um, 
He's done a lot of great things as far as developing bills, a lot of things helping people in the social service realm, um, including the Healthy Start um, Initiative Act, the HIV Prevention Outreach Act, um, Welfare, Welfare Reform Act, Minimum Wage, um, Safe Drinking Water, a lot of things that focused on his people in Baltimore. He made those things happen. And of course, they or passed federally, and they impacted us all over the great country. Um, so he will greatly be missed, um, and his impact is felt. I also got to shout out Representative Elijah Cummings because he's an alum of the great Mecca Howard University, which is also my alma mater. Um, so we definitely sorely missed that brother, and he's uh, always going to be remembered. And uh, days later, we lost um, John Conyers, who at one point was the most senior uh, member of Congress. Um, also, after doing some research, he uh, helped draft the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Um, also drafted legislation to make MLK a national holiday. It took 15 years to get that into law, but he worked hard on that. Um, and another thing is he also was one of the members that drafted the articles of impeachment for President Nixon uh, and was also one of the founders of the Black Congressional Caucus, which we can't uh, forget to mention that. Um, uh, Rep Conyers kind of ran into some issues in 2017 with some allegations of uh, sexual assault. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully... Um, he was able to make right and make peace with that. And that's definitely another topic that we'll be discussing on this show as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these these brothers definitely brought some uh, bricks to the pyramid. They definitely did some building on behalf of our people in this country. So I, I thought it was important that we definitely give them their respects. Um, yes. Yeah. Agree. Agree. You know, um, nobody's perfect. And mm. uh, I'm sure a lot of lessons have been learned. We've been seeing a lot of uh, women and uh, survivors of different allegations and situations that they've gone through um, mm. speak up. And I think that that's also as a woman on this show, I think it's important that we um, respect and support those women when they do uh, feel in feel the strength and courage to express um, these situations that we have to call out so that we can bring a stop to it okay. so that it's not continued to be normalized. Because let's be real, you know, um, both of these uh, former representatives and uh, political figures came up through a time when, mm -hmm. you know, certain things were just accepted. Yep. And so now That's with true. where we're at and, um, being in a space of saying no and it's okay to say no. And just because you have power doesn't mean you can take advantage of other people. We're thankful for the work that that was done. Right. Um, and you know, we'll learn from that and keep moving. I did read though this morning, rep Elijah Cummings, his wife, his mm -hmm. widow is, uh, contemplating running for mm -hmm. his seat. Yes, I did. Major. I saw that headline um, earlier. Yes. So I would like to for sure keep that. Let me see if I can find her. That happen. Her name. Keep that information in the air because, you know, she as his spouse, yeah. you know, she's got a lot of insight um, being on the inside. Uh, right. Of that whole, you know, that's this whole system. So. Um, Maya Cummings. Maya um, Cummings. Yep. 
Kathy thinking about running for OC. I think she should do that. I think she should too. She has who has more experience, who's learned about the bills and who these affect, who knows the constituents in that district, you know. So I think that'll be perfect. Um, and I'd probably be something to keep her going. So yeah, we'll definitely keep close eyes on that. Yes, we she will. Got, she got my support. Yes, definitely yes. got my support. All right. So another uh thing we want to just kind of go over you know this is our first episode at ted the marty when we started we're like really going to come out the mud with the first episode so we're not going to be perfect we are speaking with our our notes that we have but we're just giving you us we Mm -hmm. have a really important election happening tomorrow november 5th so we really want to go over uh some things happening locally and us as millennials i think we want to um make a realization of the power and numbers that we're about to have. Mm -hmm. So by this year of 2019, according to the Pew Research, um, millennials, which are born between 1981 and 1996, will surpass baby boomers. That is major. That's a lot. I'm glad you said that because I was about to ask you what was a millennial, you know, because there might be some people that aren't too sure about where they fall in that, you Mm -hmm. know. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that you know that you're a millennial. Um, so you know what you know what parts of history you're a part of and what you impact and and all those good things. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big number though, because there's a lot of baby boomers. There's there's a lot of baby boomers. A lot of you know, baby boomers when they were growing up were things were always marketed towards them mm-hmm. because it was such a huge um, group of people that yeah. ultimately could push the economy. Everybody so, was a baby at one point. Yeah. So now that millennials are coming up and we're taking that charge, we the youngest millennial is 27 years old. So we're not talking about, you know, fresh wow. 18 year olds, mm-hmm. you know, in this group being of age to vote. Like if you were born between 1981 and 1996, you know, God willing, there's a lot of us still here. Yes. And we are, we are the dominant uh, age group Man. of uh, voters and the people who can, Man, you know, make here. such a huge impact in our local politics and our national government, you know, from your school boards to the president's office, mm-hmm. we literally have power um, in our numbers and it's time that we use it and we, we take advantage that. of it. Uh, I shared this morning on my Facebook, just since we're talking about baby boomers, mm-hmm. uh, teenagers are have started this trend of okay boomers talking about baby boomers in a space of um you know when they're being hypocrites Mm -hmm. you know when they want to make statements about us as millennials like oh you're always on your phone or oh you know always trying to come down on us or make us feel like we're still kids Mm -hmm. when Man, facts grown. are stating it we're, you know? grown. we're grown 27 right. years old is the youngest millennial which also it's, it's a high school student that came up with mm. the hey or okay boomers because those high school students aren't millennials but they get called millennials yeah. by the baby boomers because they, they don't know anything else to call these younger generations it's a blanket that are statement up. it's a blanket statement they're mm. just trying to if you're younger than me you're a millennial You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't understand the difference between the years and the ages. So everybody's a millennial. But, you know, I think hopefully with this podcast, we can inform some people that everybody that's younger than you is not a millennial. Yes. uh, Older folks. um, And you got to put some respect 
on our generation because we're impacting the economy mm-hmm. and we're impacting um, everything, every industry that you can think of. The millennials are impacting. We're creating industries. Yes. We've developed industries, yes. you know, and, yes. and we're and we're killing it and taking over. And that's not a, a slight to anybody else because we respect our elders. But mm-hmm. at the same time, man, you got to put some respect on our generation. So, yes. And we're going to call yeah. it out. You know, yeah. we're not just going to take, we're not just going to take it. We're not just going to accept. We're not going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that their song? <laughs> so, you know, just a little background too on why we've decided to come up with this name, Black Political Millennials. We are Black, we are political, and we are Millennials. Millennials. Uh, I, won't, I don't need to put our ages out there, but like no. I said, the youngest millennial is 27. So mm-hmm. at 27, you could have accomplished a good bit of things. Mm-hmm. That's if you went to undergrad right out of high school, you're approaching what, mm-hmm. 10 years out of undergrad. Wow. It, it's, it's a lot, yeah. you know, to realize the transition in our generations that is happening in our faces. And mm-hmm. we can't let, I mean this with all due respect. We can't let our grandparents make decisions for the next generation. No. It's not fair. No, it's not fair. And things are way different now, you know. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's important to realize the changes that happen every 10 years, every yes. 15 years, every 20 years, yes. you know. And I feel like there's a lot of times where there's a power struggle between people that are in the older generations where they feel like they know what's best. Mm-hmm. And I mean we respect that insight, but at the same time, what used to be best might not be best now. Yes. Um, and I think it's important that people gain an understanding, like, yo, mm-hmm. stuff changes, things change. Mm-hmm. You got to be out with the old and with the new sometimes. Yes. And sometimes you just have to, ex- you know, respect that. Yes. You know? Respect and, and, and both okay ways. Respect mm-hmm. our elders, but also respect us as a younger generation mm-hmm. that is working and doing things to make shit happen. Exactly. And the respect has to be a two-way street. A two-way street. So um, hopefully with this show, uh, Marty and I can be uh, very uh, helpful. You know, we want to uh, hear from you. We have set up an email, mm-hmm. uh, podcast 412 at gmail.com. So if you have questions, just anything when it comes to politics that you just don't get right. or you... Um, you just want some an opinion or a thought or a better understanding or our perspective, you right. know, of what questions you may have when it comes to your local politics and government and mm-hmm. everything. everything. Um, we'd want to hear from you. Yeah, anything you want us to talk about on the show, anything you want us to add or change, anybody you might want to see us interview or bring on the show. You yes. know, we're open to those, those suggestions um and we'll definitely you know help to to make the show better as it goes on but don't just be spamming our emails y'all like you know make sure you you send us something constructive yes because remember we are millennials so we do know how to do those things behind the scenes to yeah. block you yeah so i don't want uh, an email about get this thousand dollars quickly quick cash type. yes well no no Right. <laughs> Yo, anything. We're cool, man. We're good, love. We're good. Love. We're good. We're good. So what uh what are some other things we're gonna talk about on this show? Because I know we're talking about the election now, but um there's gonna probably be a lot of different things, I guess, around 
politics that we'll be talking about because I know there's a lot happening with our current presidential um, administration. Yes. So, you know, we'll probably be talking about that. And this These whole impeachment, impeachment hearings that'll be coming up increase. just to explain it. Because you figure uh, for us, the last time we really witnessed or knew there was some kind of impeachment happening is Bill Clinton. Yeah. And I was in elementary school. I and all, I, all so, I remember is I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman. That's it. That's all I that's remember. It. I don't remember nothing that's it. else. Monica Lewinsky. Yo. And... That's all we knew. Yo. And they, they weren't successful with, you mm-hmm. know, the impeachment proceedings right. with uh, former President uh, Bill Clinton. So we are now as adults experiencing this. Yeah. Uh, we were watching Meet the Press on Sunday. And uh, am I really having this brain fart? What is his name on Meet the Press? Oh, man. The host. Chuck Todd. Yeah. yeah. So Chuck Todd, they were talking about like, um, they didn't even bring up the Clinton um, impeachment. Mm. They talked about Nixon impeachment mm-hmm. and how the amount of people in support of it now is yeah. greater than what it looked like during the Nixon um, era. Yikes. But we also had to take into consideration the access that we have to express mm-hmm. our thoughts and opinions. True. Everyone back then may not have been yeah. able to express themselves the way we do now. That's but it's going to be a lot, and so we will definitely be doing some uh, conversation, maybe some interviews uh, to mm-hmm. just discuss what's happening, what things mean. Right. Um, there's always something when it comes to politics that's confusing. I personally think it's intentionally set mm-hmm. up like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we're here for. Yeah, that's what we're here for. And we'll talk about other current events, whether national or local or regional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people don't know what Syria is or where Turkey is. And we'll be talking about that as well. There's a lot of different laws that are going to be coming up to be passed yes. on the federal level, at a state level. Yes. We want to discuss that. We want you to understand what's happening in your community and what these elections mean to you, mm-hmm. including things like school board and judge. Yes. Um, there's a lot of small elections that people take for granted. Yes. And I think it's important that we discuss that. And I think another thing that we'll spend a lot of time talking about now is there's this race to be the Democratic candidate for president. Um, mm-hmm. And there's going to be a debate every month between now and the primary yes. so we'll definitely spend some time talking about those mm-hmm. there's a couple election 2020. 2020 it's major there's a lot there's happening a lot there's a couple caucuses happening in primaries mm-hmm. some people's like what is a caucus we're going to tell you what a caucus means or what a caucus is on this show yeah so all those terms that you hear when you turn it on c-span and msnbc and you don't know what they mean we're going to help you get that understanding on this show you know mm-hmm. and don't feel bad that you don't know because we didn't know at one point. We just have figured it out. There's still some and stuff I don't know, y'all. Yes, we don't know everything. <laughs> and that's the that's the thing about this, though. We mm-hmm. don't know everything, but we're here to learn and to grow with each other, with whoever listens. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, grow this. Because I know it's frustrating, but we, we ain't... We haven't lived that long yet where we can't just ex- where we can just accept what we're getting. Mm. That's just not okay to me. I don't mm. I can't I can't do it. I refuse to do it. Now that I have a child, I refuse for her to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So, um it is very important for me to be a part of this conversation and to push this information because it affects every single one of us, whether you pay attention to it or mm-hmm. not. So no doubt. no doubt. 
Um, so so yeah. right so now, today, about, yeah, these upcoming elections, local elections that are happening, and there's there's some major, high profile um, elections that are happening. Yes, this um, DA race in our Allegheny yeah, County is heavy. The district, the district attorney race in Allegheny County is is very very major right now, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important that people pay attention and don't take that election for granted. Um, and I'm going to also open up before we get into specifics with saying that a lot of times people vote straight party. And this is not, I repeat, this is not the election to vote straight party if you're looking for change. It is um, not. Because if you vote Democrat, you voting for a whole lot of the same stuff that you've been getting for the past 15 to 20 years. That you are tired of. Tired of. You're sick tired and tired of. of being sick and tired of it. So there are some um, outstanding independent candidates that um, I think are worth your time and worth the listen. So um, when you listening to this on Tuesday, you got time to do the knowledge and then get down to your polls to go vote. Mm-hmm. It's only going to take a couple minutes of your life. And who knows that vote might change your life. Yes. So go out there and do yes. it. As people say, the stakes are too high to stay home. Yes. So we need everybody out there voting. Allegheny County, the stakes are too high. We mm-hmm. cannot stay home. Yeah. It is great to share things on the internet and on your social media, mm-hmm. but where it really is going to count is at the poll. Yes. So polls are open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. tomorrow, November 5th. If you do not know where your local, uh, where your, your voting your location, your voting mm-hmm. poll is at, uh, you can find that on the county website. Yes, you, can. you can literally Google where do I vote mm-hmm. and you will find something at the top of your Google search that will tell you where to vote. Yeah. Um, and if you if, if you're in that much of a hurry or you just can't figure it out, reach me on my personal social media. Mrs. Or, Coco six two five. Literally find us so we can help you get there. Get you right. <laughs> get you where you need to go yes and also if you're curious about the ballot there's also a sample ballot on that allegheny county website so you don't gotta go into the booth cold you can know some names and all those things prior to doing that so mm-hmm. and we're going to go through the ballot we'll here too it. so yeah let's let's go through this ballot let's let's go through and see who <laughs> we, right. we got yes. first so first up this ballot uh, that we're specifically looking at, I want to say, is this this is for the city. Yeah, this is a this city is, of Pittsburgh this ballot. This, this is, is your district? Yeah, this is around my way. Actually, this is my grandma's ballot because yes. um, I want to put this out there. My grandma's 91 years old and she still votes. And that's one thing I'll say about older folks, older black folks, is they vote. They so vote. my grandma been talking about voting for the past couple months. So I'm going to actually sit down with my grandma and go over this ballot with her so she knows who she should vote for because um, she's so used to voting straight ticket, too, that I'm like, nah, grandma, this ain't the time for you to be voting like that. So this is like Homewood, East Side Original. But a lot of these are going to be the same mm-hmm. regardless of what side of town you're in. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, so the first thing, uh, like we said, 
There's an option to do straight party option. Mm -hmm. Do not select that. You literally skip over that section Mm -hmm. and you start with your judge of the superior court. Mm -hmm. Um, You select your candidate under each category and you select the next button in the bottom right corner of your ballot box. Mm -hmm. They all pretty much look the same. So that is how you want to vote in this election. Uh, So our judge of the judge of the superior court, um, what we're going to do is give you the candidates, their party affiliation. And, um, if we have personal information about this particular candidate, Mm-hmm. We will share. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we don't want to tell you who to vote for. We just want you to be in, informed right. about who it is you're voting for. Right. You got to make your um, own decision. And y'all. make your own decision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first up with our judge of, a judge of Superior Court, we have Democrat Amanda Green Hawkins. She is a sister and mm-hmm. um, has a very good reputation. I know. Um, Marty has shared some things about her. She formerly served on the Allegheny County Council um, for some previous years. And so now she is running for our Judge of Superior Court. If you've been driving around, her signs are purple. Um, so she is one of the Democratic candidates on the Judge of Superior Court. And then we have Daniel D. McCaffrey. He's also a Democrat. Really not familiar with this candidate, but he's a registered Democrat. So... Um, in this instance, you know, I would, I am voting party lines, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm doing that individually, you know, I'm making my own selections on the ballot. Then we have the Republican candidates, Megan McCarthy King and Crystalie Peck. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget to mention that you can vote for no more than two. So you can vote for two individuals for a judge of superior court. Don't have to just pick one. So you can vote for two, just no more than two. Um, so that probably takes a little pressure off of some people that felt like you could only vote for one of those candidates. You can vote for two. Yes. No worries. Uh, next we got yeah. One? Next we got judge of the court of common pleas. You can only vote for one. Um, the candidate in this space is uh, Mary McGinley, who is the uh, Democrat slash Republican affiliate. And then there's also a write-in space um, for that. But you can only vote for one for the judge of Court of Common Pleas. Yeah. So Mary McGinley, I've met her just being out okay. um, in the neighborhood. She actually was just at the Emerge PA brunch that nice. was had at Ace Hotel um, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an alumni of the Emerge Pennsylvania program, right. um, which is a program for women that trains Democratic women to run for office. Okay. So Mary McGinley was there in support of that. Um I did want to make note, too, with her as a candidate because she does reflect Democratic and Republican in Pennsylvania. uh, Judges are able to run cross fouled. Mm. Um, There's more specifics to it. And I don't want to give information off the top of my head, but I did just want to specify why. Um, there's a cross fouling on there. She's the only candidate. There is no one running against her. Um, and, uh, yeah, okay. that's what I, I wanted to share about uh, that on there. Cause you'll see that sometimes and that can be confusing. So mm-hmm. that's why as a, as a judge, you can be, you know, on the ballot as both a Democrat and Republican. We'll discuss that on some other candidates later as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, next, we got uh, county chief executive, uh, which is a four-year term. You can only vote for one. Um, so we have Rich Fitzgerald, who's a Democrat and is also the incumbent. And um, we have Matt um, Drozad as the Republican mm-hmm. candidate. Um, and then once again, there's a write-in space. Um, but you can only vote for one of those. Um, but also just remember that there is a write-in space if you're if you want to vote for someone else. Um, because there are some people that are good candidates that are write-ins. So don't feel like you have to press a button next to a name because you can write somebody in as well. You can write yourself in if you felt like I've it. done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh so next up on the ballot. Uh, for the county is our county controller. There is Chelsea Wagner, who mm-hmm. is the incumbent county controller uh, right now. She's on the Democratic ticket. And Brooke D. Nadonley, mm-hmm. who is the Republican candidate um, on the ticket. So Chelsea Wagner, um, you know, don't know her really personally, but we have mm-hmm. cross paths and... Um, you know, she's she always speaks, which they're supposed to speak. Right. I actually hate that I always say that about politicians or elected officials because speaking is literally the bare minimum of what a candidate right. can do. That's what um, can do. Yeah. But, um, you know, she's cool. Um, again, for me, in this case, I don't have any independence or anyone I need to write in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be going personally with that Democratic uh, option. Yeah. So... Yeah. That's the uh, seat for county controller. And now that I'm thinking about it, county controller, that's like your, they they handle the money. Mm-hmm. Those are your folks. I think we talk about their positions and people aren't necessarily they sure what, what they is. do. So, yeah, that's what your county controller does. Controller. They, they control the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, next up is the. This is this is this is a big one. Next up um, is our big big race. Yeah, this is huge. The district attorney race. Mm-hmm. All right, so yes, this DA race is just. DA. <sighs> this Man, has been a lot. Big. This is this is like really really huge for for right now for this the past couple years for this year for the, our future. This is very pivotal. Um, this is a very pivotal race. So we have um, the incumbent, Stephen Sapala, uh, who is the Democrat slash Republican affiliate. Um, and he's, he's been, been in, for past I'm about to say, how years. long? 20 years. That's, a, that's more than more. half of my life. Yeah, like, just that's too long. That's a long time. A long time. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things out there about this race, in particular, uh, the Office of District Attorneys Zapala right mm-hmm. now recently had the uh, case that the Post Gazette, um, I think that was was it Norman from the mm-hmm. Post Gazette. He wrote uh, up that Norman. piece. Tony Norman yeah, wrote to up the Norman. piece. Uh, definitely shout out to him about the young men who sat in the county jail for 15 months. 15 months. And they all had alibis of where they were. One even had an ankle bracelet on yeah. to show that he wasn't at right. the location of the crime. And they, they had, sat for 15 months. They had lift records. They yes. had proof of lifts that they took. There was just 
too much in that case to see how our office handled those young men in their lives for those 15 months, which is just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, Also saw some information, you know, from different uh, organizations that are are informing people of this hashtag, Zapala Gotta Go. That's Mm. the hashtag that has been um, all over social media. So just to even take it back a little bit, um, Zapala's office oversaw the investigations um, and failure to prosecute police officers in the Jordan Miles case. Mm -hmm. Remember that Jordan Miles case? They beat him up so bad and he was doing nothing. That's my brother. He was going to his grandma's crib in Homewood. Yes. Jordan didn't live too far away from where I lived. And I used to walk to my grandma's house often, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan would never hurt nobody. So, nope. you know, that was, that was a, a true miscarriage of justice right yes. there. Yes. Change that, change his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just, it, it was just, and I, you know, we were so young when that happened, but uh, I was so mad. It, yeah. Yeah. It was just the first time I think it really hit home of how messed up um, things have been. And then, of course, uh, the Leon Ford case, as Mm -hmm. well as the Antoine Rose Jr. case. Mm -hmm. um, Those were all under uh, his watch. Uh, And just just the connections that uh, Zapala has between his family, his brother, who had been taking money from the insurance industry for in the form of grants and using the money to prosecute people uh, who make insurance claims, uh, profited off the children that were being locked up in juvenile detention centers. Um, His brother is the owner of one of the detention centers. You know, it's just you remember Cash for Kids. Remember the Cash for Kids documentary that was in Pennsylvania. So it's obvious stuff ain't changed. Because the whole documentary came out about Cash for Kids. If you're not familiar, just look up Cash for Kids documentary. It's online. You should certainly take some time to watch that um, because it was very unfortunate what happened to those young people. And that also affected some of those young people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. Um, gave them records, you know, kept them from a lot of different things, whether it was scholarships, grant money, certain jobs, housing, whatever. You know, a lot of these records affect people's lives in ways that you don't usually think about. So um, I'm not feeling no cash for kids kind of thing. That's yeah. that's that's terrible. Yeah, so running against Paula is the independent candidate, mm-hmm. Lisa Middleman. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa has been going balls to the yeah, wall with this campaign. She's been everywhere. Um, I met her uh, mid-June, and, um, you know, when I had a chance to sit down and talk with her, you know, she was just very, um, she was very humble. She mm-hmm. was very... Uh, open Mm -hmm. she listened she knows that she doesn't know everything but she is willing to work with anyone Mm -hmm. and um if you check her background you know she has defended some uh cases that for me was um there i was i was impressed Mm -hmm. to say the least um she was also in support of teron jenkins who Mm -hmm. was the 
Democratic yeah. candidate running in the May primaries. You know, she volunteered for him. She worked polls for him. So I do also want to note that she was in support and wanted Teron Jenkins mm. to win. Um, because he didn't win, she made the decision to put her hat in the race as an independent candidate. And, you know, there have been a lot of progressive grassroots uh, candidates taking office from incumbents. And this is something that can be done. So, um, you know, I know we're really not trying to tell you who to vote for, but Lisa Middleman is a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, she was at the bus stops downtown talking mm-hmm. to people, That's getting them sure. to vote for her. So um, she, she is working her butt off. So that race is being heavily watched in the state of Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because changing a district attorney is major. Yeah, it that is. is major. So y'all, that is one of the reasons why a voting straight ticket cannot happen because mm-hmm. you would not be able to vote for Lisa. Right. Um, uh, some other races we've got, I'm trying to think the County treasurer, County treasurer, four year term. Uh, only person running is John K Weinstein. Um, John Weinstein has been a treasurer for for a hot, hot minute. Um, but then there's also a space for write-in. Uh, member of county council at large, the four-year term, you can vote for one. Um, we have Bethany Hollum. Mm-hmm. Um, Bethany's really, really been out here, too. She's been working. Um, I'm a fan of Bethany. Yes, um, same. You know, she, she's definitely progressive. Um, she she's, she's outspoken. She can speak out. Um so yeah, she's the Democratic. Mm-hmm. Her candidate. story is impeccable, and she is a candidate that uh, pushed out an incumbent during the primary race. Mm-hmm. She beat. Uh, I don't even know his name. I don't want to say Tony Deluca. That's a state rep. That's a state rep. It's, yeah. It was. It, it don't even matter. Bethany some beat Demo- him. some yep. incumbent Democrat that been in the seat for way, way too, too long. long. Yeah, he's done now. He's done. Yeah. So Bethany's on the ballot as a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my county council person, District 10. He has no one that ran against him. So mm-hmm. DeWitt Walton, mm-hmm. uh, he is the Democratic candidate and mm-hmm. uh, former U.S. Steel worker, mm-hmm. um, union member. I just saw him today, too. Yeah, yeah, I think I ran into him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll get a little mm-hmm. bit into that later, a different episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the controller... Like the city controller, so don't get confused. There's a county controller and there's a city controller. Um, so the city controller, okay. John DeFazio is it's the, the person that uh Bethany uh beat oh, out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 right. For the city controller, we have Michael E. Lamb, um, good guy, very good guy. Um, I know some people that work for a long time with uh Michael Lamb, um, he's the uh Democrat, um affiliate or candidate um good guy really good guy um another hot um race uh, that we want to call it that is city council for district nine district nine is my district district nine is um east liberty east hills point breeze most of east liberty Stan heights the east side proper um so for that, we have the Democrat candidate slash incumbent who is uh, the Reverend Ricky Burgess, uh, who I believe has had, he's been in office three terms, I believe. Um, 
And anytime there's a race against him, it's like a uh, it's like a steeplechase. There's like a lot of people that are running. Um, so we have three independent candidates right now who are running against um, Councilperson Burgess. Uh, we have Denise Welch. We have uh, Barbara Daniels and we have Randall Taylor. Um, I'm not too familiar with a lot of these, all these individuals. I know Randall Taylor did a lot with housing in East Liberty um, around the development of Penn Plaza. Uh, he was very outspoken regarding that and making sure that those residents got rights, those residents were taken care of um, and weren't just pushed out of their homes. Um, I know uh, Denise Welch is very active in the church. Her husband actually ran for mayor um, last time around. Um Seen a lot of signs for her. Um, I'm not so familiar with uh, Ms. Daniels, um, but uh, I wish them all the best of luck. My issue with when it comes to District 9 is, like I said, it's a steeplechase. You got 15 people yep. that are trying to take an incumbent and don't realize you're taking votes from each other. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, honestly, for this race to see how many votes people get. Yes. Because voter turnout is always my mm -hmm. um, curiosity, especially on these off-year local election seasons. Um, so since, you know, I represent Wilkinsburg, you know, we've got some council races that are um, happening. You know, we're a predominantly Democratic borough, so we don't have Republican candidates really um given anyone a run for their money but right now on the ballot for our uh ward one council seat is um Paige trice who has been in her seat since like 1997 um and then we also have linda atkins uh she is running for a second term. She was just recently elected two years ago. Um, so she's on the ballot. We also have a write-in candidate, okay. uh, Beverly Garrett. Yes. Um, so Miss Garrett, she is our current mayor's mom. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in Wilkinsburg, we need to move forward. You know, we have a different scenario in our community where people are just used to what's comfortable. People are used to the folks that they've always seen, but you can't get used to always seeing um, a lack of good things happening in your neighborhood. I love what my mayor says, we deserve nice things. We deserve to have nice things in our community. And the only way we're going to get that is if we elect people who want to do new things, try new things so that we can bring new things into this neighborhood. Um, there's a lot of work happening here. We recently just had one of our largest buildings in our business district purchased by two black folks um, in our neighborhood. Um, our mayor, Marita Garrett, That's and uh, Mr. Derek Tillman. Oh, Oh, yeah, shout out so to them. Shout big, out to Derek big, Tillman. big things happening there. That's so, Miss uh, Garrett, Beverly Garrett, is a writing candidate. Um, so, you would have to select the write in option and at least get her last name correct G A R R E T T, um, mm -hmm. first name Beverly. So, uh, in our Ward 1 council race, you can only vote for two people. So, uh, those are the candidates. Mm -hmm. Then, we also have our Ward 2 which is um, Ariel Houghton. 
she was uh, she won both the four year and two year seats. So she will be on the ballot um, for Wilkinsburg Ward two. <sighs> I don't live in that ward. So I'm trying to think of who else was on if it was just Ariel. So it's just Ariel. OK. And then um, in Ward three, we have Mark Tiani okay. and. uh Denise Edwards. Denise Edwards is the incumbent. Um, you know, she identifies as a socialist. And then we have Mark Tiani, who is a resident of Wilkesburg since 91. Um, he is going to be on the ballot on the Republican ticket. So actually where he lives in his ward is where we have more Republicans. So that's happening um, in our borough council and then school board. We should have a clean sweep in our school board race. Shout out to my husband, who is also one of the candidates, Dante mm -hmm. Comins. Um, in addition to Dante, it is Monica Lee Garcia, Eric Steedle, Dennis Bosick. Michael Johnson, um, who are all Democratic candidates, uh, but also with Dante, Monica, Erica, Eric, and Dennis. Um, they also were on the Republican ticket as well to gain those votes um, during the election, but they are all registered Democrats. And then we also have um, a Republican candidate for school board. His name is Damian Kearney. Um, we have personally had some instances with that particular candidate. Um, so, you know, I'm going to just go on record to say I'm not in support of him being on our school board no, um, in our borough. I just, I'm just not going to not say that. So no, <laughs> not feeling you, bruh. No, so you. that's what's happening over here in our, uh, in our neck of the woods. Neck of the woods of Wilkinsburg. Yes. And then your neck of the woods. what else we got? We have these ballot initiatives. Yeah. So we have um, some amendments. So I know sometimes you, you after you vote for people, you see yes or no vote yes or no for this. Um, so we have a couple of those in our county. Um, so one is about uh, crime victims rights. Um, and this question asks, should the Pennsylvania Constitution be amended to grant certain rights to crime victims, including to be treated with fairness, respect and dignity, considering their safety and bail proceedings, timely notice and opportunity to take part in public proceedings, reasonable protection from the accused, rights to refuse discovery requests made by the accused, restitution and return of property, proceeding free from delay and to be informed of these rights so they can enforce them. And you will vote either yes or no on that. Uh, I think that's very important because a lot of time we don't hear about um, victims being intimidated, victims being pursued, victims information being outed to the media or the social media. Um, and then there's a lot of hearsay and rumors and things like that that come along with that. Um, and also I think important is the safety of these victims. Um, a lot of people don't think about the trauma that comes with being a victim of a crime mm -hmm. and they're not afforded proper protection after those. Yeah. So, um, this crime victim rights, our justice system is just too flawed. Mm. 
for me to give um, victim, like for me to vote mm-hmm. to amend this law to give these victims rights when we have cases like those young men that sat in our mm-hmm. county jail for 15 months for and sure. they were all um, not guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, I also felt that the commercials were um, interesting. Mm-hmm. There was no Very diversity. Not at all. In those commercials. Um, now, if this was a specific victim's rights for victims of domestic abuse right. or sexual assault, right. you know, that specific type of um, situation, maybe I, I would be a little bit more um, inclined to be in favor. But right. for me, this r- victim's rights bill just isn't it. And um, I don't trust our criminal justice system to do what they need to do for um, this to be for this to work how they say it's supposed to work, that's right. you know, for mm-hmm. lack of words. So um, there's a lot of uh, rebuttals. If you search the ACLU, they have some, um, they have some uh, information on their feelings about this uh, constitutional amendment. And then did you mention the uh, League of Women Voters? No. Yeah. No. So the, there's currently a lawsuit. Um, in our superior court, I guess, mm-hmm. um, against this. So these votes actually won't be counted until those lawsuits are settled. Wow. Um, and the League of Women Voters are suing, you know, against this um, mm. ballot measure. So wow. um, just some insight on that amendment. And then this other, the city mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh. The city parks amendment. Yeah. Um, which is basically just ensuring funding that would go to the development and improvement and creation of city parks. Um, it sounds, I think it sounds good. I'm just concerned about the money, you know, mm-hmm. where it's coming from, where it's going, how mm-hmm. they're going to get it, who's holding on to it, who's counting it, who's keeping it. Um you know, I don't I don't think it really the amendment doesn't really state anything about that. It talks about um, the home charter being amended to establish a dedicated parks trust fund to begin in 2020 to approve, maintain and create and operate public parks, improve park safety, um, equitably fund, um, <laughs> equitably fund parks and underserved neighborhoods throughout Pittsburgh. Uh, be funded with an additional $0.5 million levy. Uh, that says that's $50 on each $100,000 of assessed real estate value, mm-hmm. secure matching funds and services from charitable city park and services, and ensure citizen participation in full public discourse <laughs> of spending. We got a baby in the we house. We got a baby in the house. Um, <laughs> I don't know if she's a fan of that uh, yeah. of the city parks charter or not. I don't know. I don't know. If she's- so I've heard, you know, I don't live in the city, so this isn't on my ballot. Mm-hmm. But I did hear about uh, some thoughts with this um, amendment that this is a, a move around to not increase taxes. So instead of just like, it's kind of like saying, oh, well, my constituents voted for this, so we got to do it. Yeah. Um, 
after working and pushing for in the 2000, uh, what was that, 18 uh, November elections for the Our Kids, Our Commitment Allegheny Children's Fund, and the way pushback went towards that, I'm very curious to see how this parks amendment passes. I was in support of OKOC, um, but also I'm in support of that because I work in the after school space. And like I said, through that, there is no money for our babies out here when they get out of school. There is no money for these programs that watch and feed our babies after school for hours because parents do not get off work at two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. So, you know, I'm just curious on how this will work um, and what this would look like if it does pass. So I will be watching you folks in the city on uh, what that looks like. We're going to see. Tomorrow is going to be an interesting day. Um, And to move along, um, because we want you to be versed with tomorrow's elections, is we have um, the retention of several judges. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. And I'm not done. There's right. a second page. This is all on your ballot. And these That's are the ones crazy. that really get you. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 judges. 14 judges. From the Superior Court of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to the Court of Common Pleas in the 5th Judicial District of Allegheny County. Mm. Um... Oh, yeah, man. those are all for our Court of Common Pleas for the 5th Judicial District, Allegheny County, except for the one, two, three. We have four judges for the court, Superior Court of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So that means judges of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania statewide versus, which is four. So that means there's 10 mm-hmm. for just the county. Yep. Uh, so what I was able to pull up was our retention of Judge Le- Judge Anne E. Lazarus is uh, she's a Democrat. Judge, no, I don't want him yet. Judge Olson is a Republican. Judge Robson is a Republican, and Judge McCulloch, I didn't find him. It's just hard to find these information on these judges. I'm personally annoyed about that. I feel like if I'm looking up online and I can't find information about a judge, we ain't I ain't voting for you. We ain't voting. Because you can't tell me any laws that you passed. You can't tell me how many people you've locked up, any kind of laws or amendments that you've enforced or mm-hmm, opposed. Mm-hmm. I need to know these things before I can just say I want to keep you. Yeah, how are because you we said this is 10 years, courtroom. right? Yeah, judges are 10, are 10 years. years. So for the next 10 years of my life, I got to make a decision on something I don't know nothing about. That's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, because you might end up in trouble and you might end up in this judge's courtroom. Yes. And you may have voted yes because you voted yes for everybody. And yes. And try to mess your life up. Yes. So, yeah. We're going to have a talk about judges on an, a later episode. But we did Most the definitely. ones that we wanted to um, tell you that we're familiar with. So we want to... Uh, discuss the retention of Judge Kim Berkeley Clark. Um, she's a black woman. She is uh, from Wilkinsburg. She is currently the president judge, which within the, the 
the judicial system within our county. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, she's like top, top dog of our judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Judge Berkeley Clark um, is on the ballot for retention. Judge Colville, who is also a Democrat, uh, Berkeley Clark as well. Judge Colville is a Democrat. Um Judge Kim Eaton is nonpartisan. Judge Eva Shavik De La Cente, uh, she is also nonpartisan. Um, there's another judge on here, Judge Manning, which I have some personal um, information. Well, not personal, but some information from a, a friend, uh, Terry Minor Spencer. You can Google her. You will pull up a lot about her story. Um some years ago, I'm going to say maybe about fi- 15 or more years ago, she was before Judge Manning, and the sentence that he gave her for a first offense was pretty. Um, it was it was pretty steep of charges in how he he punished her and judged you know his judgment with her sentencing. Um, so, you know, it's judges like that that we got to look look for. Like, are they really here for the um, right. betterment of folks or do we just want to put more black and brown bodies in prison? Exactly. And that is what I've seen with Judge Manning is just putting more black and brown bodies um, yeah. behind bars. I haven't heard I haven't heard anything favorable about him. There are people that I know that have gone in front of him yes. and were given a raw deal. Yeah, um, just had a convo actually yeah. yesterday about that. And yep. the charges vary too. Yep, it's been some real small things, and people still are getting hemmed up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, like I said, these these uh, elections for judge are really important. Um, so if you have time, look up these judges. Look um, up the judges. You know, if you ain't doing anything today, spend some time on Allegheny County website and pull these judges up. Google their names. And see whether or not you should be voting yes or no for these individuals. Because these are the elections that affect you and yours directly. Yes. Directly. Yes, we cannot stress that more. And I do want to just give one more shout out. You know, Philly politics, I'm sure, are also crazy. We're on Mm -hmm. the complete other side of the state with our politics. But I got to shout out my girl, Kendra Brooks. She is also my Emerge sister. She is running in the city of Philadelphia for your uh, city uh, at large council seat. She is an independent candidate and you all need Kendra Brooks. So mm. please vote for Kendra Brooks for all my folks in Philly. You will not regret that choice. She has been fighting for the public school system. That's how I initially, you know, came into, um, awareness and acknowledgement of who she is and the work that she does. Mm-hmm. So get out there in Philly and vote for Kendra. She is, all that she is what we need we need more candidates like her out here so make sure you uh get out to the polls in philly for her as well do it uh but i guess that wraps up our uh election episode election talk um we hope you all do the right thing go vote and tell your people to vote 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 don't boo vote yeah exactly don't boo vote or don't boo run 
whatever yes. you need to do. We're going to have a talk um, about that, we too. We're going to have a whole conversation, a whole episode about that. Yeah. Um, but make sure that the elders in your life help them vote. If mm-hmm. they need a ride, get them there. Yes. Get them home. Yes. Tell them don't to vote, not to vote straight ticket. Yes. Because every vote counts, y'all. It every does. And thank y'all so much, whoever listens to this first episode. We know it's pretty raw. We love you. But we just want to get this info out there. We love you. We are doing this for us. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of things that we can accomplish. And if we do it together, yes. we'll make it happen for us, by us. Let's do it. Go yeah. vote. Don't forget, email us at bpmpodcast412 at gmail.com. Yes. And social media will be coming soon. Coming soon. We signing out. Peace. Peace.